Hey, welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks and Happy New Year to you. We're kicking off 2022 with our predictions of what we think this industry is going to bring forward and what's going to break. So we look forward to that conversation. And we also asked the question, why hasn't Keith seen Spider-Man yet? What's up with that? So this and many other things, welcome to Hollywood Breaks. Okay, come on, seriously. Can we just start with Spider-Man? Yeah, like, why not? Are we done we'll with... That could. We know the <laughs> pandemic is over, right? Because... When the movie draws enough attention, every seat was filled. Theaters weren't doing anything. We know it's not the theater's fault anymore. There's no. no more wait, wait. Were you wearing masks though? Were you wearing masks? Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> except for when you're active. Except for when I was actively eating or drinking. Okay, which was pretty much the whole movie then. Got it. A big bucket of popcorn. Um, the theater. The theater I was at had a masking policy. It did, but it was not a required um, Oh, it was situation. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, yeah. the, I did see, I also did see West Side Story in LA and LA County, uh, different situations. But, yes, you know, at community by community, they're kind of determining yeah. that. But my right. point being that when it hits the, 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 when the, when people have a reason to go, the theater's going to show up. And Spider-Man was a great reason to go to the theater. It was so, so fun to watch that, yeah. to be in a group of people. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, although I think everyone's now seen it, but yeah, except me. <laughs> well, I know, I know I'm, I'm bad. Well, I think we've established that I, I, I just, I, I can't get to the movies. It's just not feasible in my current situation with kids. And I mean, now, now that things are sort of, although in my neck of the woods, there's still a lot of panic about Omicron around here anyway. Sure. Because we are in sort of the Northeast where everyone's freaking out and acting like it's March 2020 all over again. Um, but yes, I do want to go see it at some point. Um, but I haven't seen the other two. So that's part of the issue is that I would be totally out of the loop in terms of the story because I haven't seen Far From Home or wait, Homecoming and Far From Home. So I, I feel like I'd be out, out outside of the box. So anyway, I'm one of the outliers who has not yet seen it, which is kind of hilarious because this is what I talk about. This is what I write about all day, oh <laughs> every day. And yet I'm still Keith, <laughs> haven't seen it. Can you just, I just need to send you 10 bucks so you can go to the movie theater like midday, go take. Well, here's another thing. I'm going to, I'm going to take us on a tangent. I think what we, what, what I'm experienced as far as theatrical options is what a lot of people elsewhere in the country are experienced. I don't have a lot of places to go to see a theater, mm -hmm. see a movie within sort of like a five to 10 minute drive. Like I have to go all the way to King of Prussia. And for those of you who don't know the greater Philadelphia area, King of Prussia is also the home to the largest mall in the country. So you can imagine what traffic's like there. It's a ton of fun. When you say King of Prussia, I think that they're celebrating Christmas today because it sounds like it's somewhere near Moldova where Lydia is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but that's the only theater. We used to have a theater in Wayne called the Anthony Wayne Theater, which was an old school, like with a big, you know, outdoor, outside, you know, uh, whatever you call those things. Um, and marquee marquee, and it's closed. It's shut down and they haven't reopened it because they can't because of the pandemic. That's one of the victims. The pandemic is the theaters. Yes. And they have like, they have an Avengers end game poster still in their poster <laughs> case. That's how long it's been since they've shown a movie. I think it's just irony, bro. I think that's just it, it pure is. irony that they have that in there. 
but but again, like for someone like me, like it's surprising. Here I am in the suburbs of a major metropolitan area, and I have to drive almost 30 minutes to get to a theater to watch a movie. And I think a lot, of, and this is something I think that is forgotten often. Like you said, oh, I went to West Side Story in LA. I mean, yeah, LA is like, LA County is like the best place to go see a movie because there's a theater every other block. Mm-hmm. You have so many options and so many different types of theater. Yeah, there, across the street, there was an, one from the one that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got so many places to go. Whereas here, which I think is what a lot of people are experiencing, is there's nowhere for us to go. Like I, I, I have to make a concerted effort to get to a theater because the closest one to me that potentially would show spider-man is all the way in king of prussia um i mean there's a plymouth mina in amc which is like 15 minutes away but it's not that nice it's like classic amc sort of been neglected while you know their ceos off you know giving pantsless zoom meetings so it's like <laughs> there's there's no there's no there's no incentive for me to go. Like I need more. And again, this goes back to my theory. I need more than just the movie to get me there. I'm sorry, I do. I and, know that's your theory because I, I I know that there is a the, a thought that the theater has a responsibility to drive people into their space. The industry has a responsibility. Don't just yeah. put it on the theaters now. The industry, but it, it distributors have are not in total control of all of all the issues that they're issues that they've come up against. Right. Um, and the movie makers are making films. The audience is the question we have of like, what audience behavior do we see that people should be responding to? Right. So yeah, let's clean up the AMC theaters and put our pants back on apparently, but uh, <laughs> clean up the, the theaters and do that work. But in this situation, this is one of those pop culture events where when you go, because there are some, you know, things that are popping up and you don't want it to be, uh, you know, a month later and not know how Spider-Man, the reveal of Spider-Man happened or how the metaverse or not metaverse, the multiverse multiverse. Yeah. Is working. Um, You kind of want to see it sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Um, And to experience that with a group of people is always kind of fun. So the fact that we're back and in a situation where people feel comfortable to get back in there and to see that stuff, that's, we, we know there are some things that are now evolved beyond those, that panic mode. Um, and maybe not West side story is not going to drive them all in or meet the Ricardo's going to drive them all in. But when given a chance, people showed up because what were the box office numbers for Spider-Man? I mean, it was pretty amazing. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, they broke all kinds of records. I think they're the second highest grossing at this point. I, I mean, I haven't checked the numbers yet today, but um, I think it was a great shot in the arm for the industry. All credit to Tom and Rothman and his team at Sony for not hedging, you know, going at it full bore and bracing, you know, uh, the movie itself and um, for swan a little bit of pride and bring Kevin Feige on board to fix all the institutional issues they did have with the character pre Tom Holland. So all, all credit to them. I, again, it's, it's Spider-Man. It is the arguably the most popular superhero out there. Um, and yes, I think people were hungry to go back to the movies, but I, I'm not convinced that this, the era of sort of, let's go back to the movies is upon us again. I, I, I just don't. I think as we've talked about in this podcast before, 
superhero movies, horror, and to some extent comedies are still going to drive people to the theater because those are sort of the kind of spectacles you want to see sure. in a big theater. Yeah. But I don't think, and I, listen, I've written about this in my newsletter too. I think there's only so many Spider-Man, so many iterations of Spider-Man you can do. This is not a sustainable model for an industry. It's just not. So I think the early celebrations are, I think, are a little, um, a little too early because I don't think we're seeing evidence that we're back, baby. Uh, is a worthy well i my hope is is that we've now proven something enough that they'll give us top gun that they might actually step <laughs> up and say okay cool we now we know we're in a marketplace or now maybe top guns be totally afraid because now they're like hey if we don't well you could say that but look they just pushed morbius like a three or four months because of the variant like it, it's not nobody's convinced that this is like uh, Spider-Man just sort of had that momentum and they just knew that now interesting just would an interesting thought experiment would be if, that they had put, if it had released like two or three weeks later, once sort of Omicron was all everybody was talking about whether or not it would have had the same numbers that it had. Now, listen, there are a lot of people in a lot of places in this country who are like, this is over. We're done. I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. This pandemic's over. Like it's just over. We're just going to learn to live with it. Blah, 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 blah. And there are a lot of parts of the country that are like that, but there are a lot of parts of the country that are not like that at all. And it would have been interesting to see if they had pushed it three weeks, whether or not that would have made a difference in the box office. Yeah, but so, he's Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man fought the variant off for for yeah. a month. Yeah, because yeah. he's Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Dr. Strange. He's Spider-Man. Like I said, he's one of the most popular characters. I think Dr. Strange actually kept the variant away by doing his little... Doing his little... It's like, Omnicron... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> multiverse has no Omnicron in it. We us. have no coronavirus in this multiverse. <laughs> We're going to keep it going. Well, uh, the, you know, so I saw Spider-Man in my local theater in Oregon. It is, you know, I live in Medford, Oregon, so it's like a smaller right. area. It was awesome. It was packed, but it is just a theater, as we know. Right. Um, the West Side Story experience, I had very different. The theater had... I feel like it had 12 seats in it, 15 seats in it, gigantic recliners. They bring you your meal. You sit down. I mean, it's like a restaurant. What, what theater in LA was this? It's called the lot. Um, it's a uh, oh. fashion, fashion Island in Newport beach. Oh, right, okay. right, yeah. right, right. Okay. It's great. You huge, gigantic experience. You know, like you order your cappuccino, the dude comes, it gives you like, it's awesome. It's a great experience. Um, so then we went to, we, that's where West Side Story was playing. My family and I, we load up our car. We go there. We sit down. Movie starts. I'm, to be honest, I was excited. I'm like, awesome. A Spielberg film. I'm sure he has this really interesting angle on the story. I'm going to see this story differently than I've seen it before. Because, of course, why would you remake West Side Story and leave it this exact same? Why would you? Why? Of course, you would change it. Why would you leave it right. the way it was originally done? It doesn't, why would you do that? So right. of course I was like, course, I want to see Spielberg's thing. And then I, then the opening scene hits and I think, okay, it feels like it's going to be the same. <laughs> and then, I don't know, 17 hours into the film, I don't, it felt like a very long time. I was like, this is, this isn't good. Ooh. It's, it's not wow it's not he didn't do anything and and i think maybe i'm a little skewed uh at, at home the 
the Shakespeare Festival is almost in our backyard. And, you know, Shakespeare, it's been around for a few years. And so when you have an interesting creative direction, a take mm-hmm. on the same script, the same idea, you can see right. elements of a story you didn't see before. Yeah. And, you, and a dialogue begins using a very well-known piece, but you skew it a little bit and you realize mm-hmm. the genius behind the creative person that found this one interesting angle and then it kind of comes to light. Yeah. It didn't happen. Like there, it is, uh, Seamus said this as we're leaving. I said, I asked him like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get why Spielberg would make, why did he do this? Like I, I could have watched the 1960s version and got nearly the same, you know, experience. Experience, yeah. Not, right, there isn't right. anything different. And Seamus said, well, the before the credits, it just said for dad. He goes, maybe he just made it for his dad. I'm like, that's the only excuse I can find. It's like his dad's favorite film. So he's like, hey, I'm going to remake my dad's favorite film. And he remade it almost one to one. Or maybe they had an experience where he saw it with him when he was little. And, you know, listen, Spielberg has always sort of had this uh, nostalgic part of him who just loves the theatrical experience, loves movies as we used to understand them. And I think maybe this was like the iconic movie musical, like it won best picture. It was, it's held out as a classic, um, you know, just from sort of the choreography to the songs, just everything about it. And I think it maybe just, he felt like I, this one, and it's also, it's the one thing he hasn't done. He's never really made a musical. So this was an opportunity. So he picked West side story and I, I, you know, listen, I, I'm, surprised to hear that you said that it wasn't that different because the way it was positioned and all credit to Disney on this sort of positioning it, like certain things were different. And obviously there were certain things that were different in terms of casting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, if you're saying it wasn't that drastically different, that, that to me is maybe another reason why the movie hasn't caught fire because it feels like everyone's like, well, why, why am I going to sit here and watch this when I can just go home and watch the six, late sixties version and or early sixties version and be like, Oh, this, which is- I wouldn't watch that too. Yeah. Like I remember thinking it's, there's some really incredible musicals out there, catchy tunes to this, you know, and, and the industry's evolved. I mean, you can't come off of like frozen. You can't be post frozen and be playing songs with like just, you know, flutes and what, I don't know, man. Like it just doesn't there. I'm sure it was well produced, right? I'm, like the quality, the image, the likeness, the characters, the actor, so all that stuff is it, there was they're flawless in execution. That's great. I appreciate that we have professionals doing professional things. It is Spielberg. We should expect that to some level. Right. I just don't get what what that's about. And it, to me, it came back to that resolve that that the blockbuster is done. Like we're not the magic of the blockbuster makers has is fading away mm-hmm. and the blockbuster itself is not why we're going to go to the theaters. It's the block because the blockbuster has changed. We're not going to build our theaters in the same way. It's not going to be multiplexes anymore because we're not going to drive people just because that you have to come to the theaters. I, I think the way we keep score, you know, box office uh, opening weekend, that kind of idea when the box, when the blockbuster movie, um, era is finished that's not kind of how we're gonna keep score anymore right it's gonna be some sort of uh, outreach and i think that i'm excited about that but i that was my resolve uh, as i sat there i'm like oh like it really is like this is a spielberg film i get it now 
I get it. So if we're not going to just recreate things, right? And by the way, I think if, if to be honest, say if he when he did uh, Ready Player One and he recreated the '80s, it kind of worked because in 2020 we liked the '80s. He is the '80s. Yeah, <laughs> but when he recreates the on '50s, '60s, whatever this original thing came out. Like he just shot too far yeah. into the past. And we're like, I don't, this just feels old. It's interesting to me that you bring up sort of the blockbuster being dead when I would argue that that's what Spider-Man is. Spider-Man was the epitome of the old blockbuster. Like it dominates the news. It's huge. It just keeps growing as weeks go on. And everyone's like, oh, I can't believe how much money this is making. And everybody's talking about it. And yet at the same time, you're saying it's dead. But yeah, I... It's interesting because I think what's happening is, as I said, like these one, these one blockbusters used to be like, it was like summer blockbusters, like every weekend there was a bigger movie and it was like, they were just trying to one up each other and like figuring out your release date was like playing chess with the other studios. Like, where am I going to put this and make sure I get enough legs. And I remember we, we used to sit in distribution meetings and we had this basically six screens across the the conference room that had the calendar for the next like year and we had like you know how many years how many kids were out of school you know how many week how many you know weeks of you know what they call legs how how long would the legs of the movie be in terms of you know how long would it go where would it have a real big success and you just look at it and you just have to position well we don't know how well this is going to do oh i heard there's problems in production with this one so this movie's not really going to work and it was really like a chess game and it now it's just like you get like the Spider-Man's, oh, boom, that makes a lot of money. And then you got West Side Story, which, you know, you'd always bet on a Spielberg movie opening. I don't, um, I think you're right. There, there's the superhero universes that are created, right? Because there is something that has evolved in the industry where we're not, we're not even just doing what they did with Lord of the Rings and shooting three films in a row over eight years or whatever they're making a universe. So it plays out on all platforms and plays right. itself out in different ways. And the Spider-Man plugin is the one that reconciled, you know, these other storylines, <coughs> excuse me, other storylines and brings them together so that, um, so that we can um, not be so confused if we wanted to watch, you know, the three different Spider-Mans right. or whatever. Yeah. The end of the blockbuster thing I'm talking about, it was, you know, like there was like musicals and then there was art films and then there was blockbusters. When Jaws came out, it became a blockbuster. So the reason we're making decisions was, is it going to be a hundred million dollar film? Right. So then we make Jurassic parks and, and Titanics and uh, avatars and, you know, Terminator. I don't know these, I'm I'm stuck in James Cameron movies, but you get that overall picture of like the blockbuster had a reason we're making, making the movie. And now I think we're going to make movies for a different reason. I don't know what to call it yet. And I don't think the universe idea, let's just make movies for a universe. That's my complaint about, you know, just pushing out garbage content everywhere. Like it just, it's, it's not content as a consumable, ha- mm-hmm. you know, has a kind of a desperate feel to it. Mm-hmm. But there is something like, I think that Dune presented itself in a unique way to saying, I'm making a cinematic film, but it, I don't think Dune was created for, as the thought it's going to be a blockbuster. Maybe they did. And maybe that was the original decision-making, but Dune, Dune created a new opportunity to say there's a high tech art film opportunity. Yeah. So I think that this high tech art film world that we can now see and tell stories about 
that mm-hmm. tenant might actually be a good indicator of where films could go. It's an art film, okay. high tech. And I think there's something that's possible now through technology, but we don't have to make universes for it. And we don't have to just imagine it's going to bring in a huge blockbuster weekend. It has to have a long play. I think these are the, some of the ingredients we're going to see begin to tell the story. And I, and in a very funny way, I don't want to sound too geeky, but I almost feel like the uh, spider, the Spider-Man multiverse had a little bit of that high tech art film quality to it. Like it was trying to tell a more complicated story. Yeah. Eh, it fell short, fell short sometimes kind of became superheroish, you know, to some degree, but the punchlines and the jokes with each, with each other were pretty cool. So that's, I, you know, to me, like there's pieces of it coming together. It's really interesting. Um, and then, yep. you know, go back to the idea of like, just the fact that theaters don't exist anymore. We can't keep scoring the same way and do the same work because it's not, not there. Okay. So that's the setup. I want to hear what your 2022 predictions are. Like as we, as we go into the next 48 episodes of Hollywood Breaks, <laughs> I'm going to know uh, what we're going to well, talk you know, about. I, you know, I've tried, I, I was thinking about this because obviously a lot of people are doing their 2022 predictions and, you know, it, I'm going to be interested to see what Apple does. I think they're going to acquire somebody. I don't know what yet, um, but, you know, you and I have talked about Sony being on the block. I, I think Viacom, you know, there's no doubt that Sherry Redstone is prepping that studio for a sale. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. That's what she's doing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who swoops in. I mean, Apple's made some big moves over the last couple of days, last week or so. They brought Brad, Brad Pitt in and two movie deal and spent it lavishly. So I'll be curious. I think Apple's going to make a move of some sort. I don't know what. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of theaters shut down over the course of the next year. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the physical sort of, theaters. So the you physical know, theaters. Arclight won't launch. I keep thinking Arclight's going to come back. Or whatever. Uh, well, they keep saying it is. I, I don't know if it will. I mean, I know they uh, AMC took over the Pacific theaters in the Grove. There's talk that the Cineranum Dome is coming back, but nothing's happened. Um, uh, so I think you're going to see a lot of theaters shut down. Um, I'll be really curious to see. There's going to be some massive shifts at Warner Brothers. I think. I can't predict who or who would, is that if Zaslov is going to get rid of a you know clean slate. I think there's going to be a, some shifting in terms of that. I, I applaud the fact that he he's talking that he wants to bring Warner back Warner's back to its you know heyday when it was Warner Brothers, like the you know this this the 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 crown jewel and the Time Warner crown, if you will. Uh, I'll be interested to see if he's able to accomplish that given where the industry is headed. Um, so I think that that's going to be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how what happens with the streaming services, like who ends up. Yeah. Being the well, dom- don't take all the predictions. Point. If you take all the predictions, Keith, I can't. <laughs> all right, and you can't jump in. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think Netflix is still going to be dominant. I think Disney Plus is going to struggle in the year. I think Disney in general is going to struggle. Everyone said, you know, they had a pretty rough year. Their stock's down 15%. And um, Bob Chapik is now the sole Bob. Bob Iger has ridden off into the sunset and is no longer part of the company. So it's his company now. Um, so I think he's got a lot. I know he watches the stock price like a hawk. And so I think it's, they're going to have a bumpy year. I think, um, everyone's like, Oh, they're going to come back. I'm like, eh, we'll see. I mean, listen, they have avatar 
that could help. Never bet against James Cameron, but you know, they're going to have the same challenges with Avatar that we had when for the first one, when I was at Fox with sort of reintroducing the industry. And I mean, uh, I don't know what the matrix thing is. I, I think some of this, like what episode beyond the episode that you wanted to see kind of idea. Yeah. Is right. um and Avatar, I don't know if it needs a sequel, especially so like you have to re-educate the the whole community of what the, what this thing was even about. Like right? it had, had a phenomenon, but it didn't that's always been the challenge with Avatar, though. Cause if you think about it, and I've always made this point to a lot of people, well, how was it working on that movie? I was like, it was great to be a part of a movie that just was a little engine that that just kept going and going and going. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like nobody knew the story was, nobody knew even knew who James Cameron was. And they're going to have to reintroduce him to an entirely new generation again. Unless there's like a baby Yoda character in this, this new avatar. I don't think it's. Well, listen, I'm never going to bet against James Cameron because he just, he's a visionary when it comes to what you can, what he can do with film and what he can do with movies. So I think he's going to, you know, impress. I just think there's going to be an uphill battle for Disney to try to sell the movie because you can't necessarily just hinge it on the last one because that was what? Uh, almost 13, 12, 13 years ago. And, and you, you know, it's like the, it wasn't a block, but it wasn't, it's the highest movie of all time. Well, it was the highest grossing movie of all time. And yet it's not one that just sticks with you. It's not mm. memorable in any way. I think people, a lot of people want to see it because it was a curiosity around it. I don't think I watched it more than once. I might have seen it like yeah. once on once in the theater. Obviously, it's, it's not a movie. Actually, you, it's 3D, not a movie you stop when it's on cable and say, "I want to watch Avatar." Again. That's exactly right. Not. Yeah, yeah. The um, so predictions wise, um, interesting you say that about Disney because I, I I love to see how Disney plays this transition out and what their role is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel a little bit opposite where I think Disney's going to um, hold their numbers. I think Netflix is going to see it a drop in subscribers. Mm, interesting. That's my, yeah. I, I feel that the TikTok world is taking over that consumable edge. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden people are like, wait, why do I have Netflix? It just takes too long to find anything and whatever. And when yeah. I sit in front of TikTok, it's just fed to me. Like, you know, like just give me this constant uh, barrage of information. I don't have to do that anymore. So Netflix is going to have to evolve how their algorithm works so you can find things or people are just going to drop it. Um, but I am a firm believer that we're going to lose a few of these OTT platforms, right? It's just, yeah, they can't, they're, they barely launched to begin with. Well, which one do you think is going to, is going to, Oh, Peacock's gone, bro. No way. I'm going to challenge you on that. And here's why, you know, why Peacock might survive this year. Yellowstone. They have streaming rights to Yellowstone. Which is Paramount, right? Yes. So Paramount Plus, let's know. Like Paramount Plus, can we just write that one off? That's easy. But I, I just think that's a play. I think Peacock, Paramount, I don't know, Voodoo. I don't know what it is. I feel like there's going to there's gonna be something that pulls it together. Because Hulu is interesting. How much Hulu can get my attention, even though I never think of it. I still will I'll jump on Hulu and watch something somehow. I don't even know how I get there. Because when I get done, I'm like, wow, that was I was on Hulu to watch that. Where I don't, um, CBS kind of needs a little bit of a, a push there. So there's got to be something that pulls it all together. <clears throat> there's going to be a mothership somewhere that says, "Hey, let's." And I here, I'll, I'll say this: I tr- I'll trash Peacock, but I think Comcast might be the answer to that because Comcast is a universal 
congealer, right? That's what the whole Comcast network, uh, cable network does. And they have Peacock. That's their platform. It's just Peacock's kind of a dud. So they might do something magical and pull together a few things. And to your point, maybe they're already doing that with the Paramount shows. Well, it'll be interesting to see because you brought up Hulu, which Disney, speaking of Disney, also has to make a decision, I think this year, before the end of next year, uh, within the next year, I think within this year, whether or not to buy Comcast out of Hulu because they're still a part of that equation. And now that Disney obviously absorbed Fox, they own their majority stakeholder. So they have to figure out if they want to buy out Comcast, buy them out of Hulu. And I don't know what that means for in terms of Hulu. And there's also a lot of questions about what Hulu means in the Disney portfolio because they've had some leadership changes and there's been a lot of like, well, what is Hulu? Is it just the PG-13 and above? Can it do original content? They've had some hits this past few months. So what is what is it? How does it fit into the overall Disney sort of universe? Hmm. So that'll be interesting to see how that all plays hmm. out. Um, but I think Peacock, listen, you know, Universal, they've got their 45-day window. They basically set that. And now everything is going to be exclusively on Peacock, all movies moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see if you know their day and date strategy helps them out and whether or not it gooses their numbers at all. I mean, they've been very cagey about their numbers in general. So your your thought of like this could be it for Peacock could end up proving true just yeah. because they're just not talking about whether or not it's success it's success or not. They're just like, oh, we're very happy with how things are going. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, good for you. Happiness. <laughs> go back. Happiness. To, go to Disneyland. <laughs> that's a great business life. strategy. <laughs> I just want happiness. Yeah. No. I. Yep. I. Um. I think Disney needs Hulu. Because uh, Disney Plus and Hulu don't like. I need live TV, and I need to see Oprah interview Adele, and like I need somewhere to go. Like I can just tune into some of this stuff, right? Right. Um, so I need some platform that way, and Hulu seems to be absorbed and produce enough content that way. But um, so the pla- the platform one I'll see that'd be interesting for twenty twenty two. I think films. I think we're going to see a runaway film that we haven't heard of before. That's the other thing too. There's going to be somebody that made a film in the last two years and because it's made and other things weren't made, someone's going to throw it out there in the, in the movie theaters and theaters will pick it up because it's cheap or whatever. Um, and there'll be a timing of people wanting to go, you know, go back into theater. So imagine spring or summer when, when people are healthier and their lives and can do things. Um, and we're going to see a launch of a new character or person or director um, and I would not be surprised if that person came from a social media platform, like a, a TikTok director or a YouTube director. Oh, or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's, come that's a bold prediction right there. I have to say, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should be calling you when they're ready, by the way. Yeah. I'm just thinking like maybe whenever those TikTokers want to know how to make a p- film and get into theaters, they need to be calling just give you. Give me a call. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Those are basically my daily conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Founders Brew. Call Founders Brew when you're ready to get that out there. No, Vision Craft Brew. Vision, Vision, Vision Craft, Craft Brew. Sorry. Brew. Not, Founder, not Founders Brew. Sorry. Founders Brew is the newsletter, which you're all more than welcome to subscribe to if you uh, would love to get my weekly wisdom, not just on this podcast, by the way. Um, I actually read the latest Founders Brew. And oh. not that I don't always read it. I'm just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Disneyland yesterday, so I was standing in line. I was able to scroll through a couple things waiting for Charles yeah. or what have you. Um, and I, there is a challenge I think our industry is facing that you address very well. Oh, and that um, there, 
in the storytelling aspect of what we all need to see. So let's say like the problem I had with uh, West Side Story is like there's an opportunity for a story to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spielberg, I don't know, obviously just missed the mark, told some other somebody else's story, just made it look prettier. But in your in what you your expertise and how you can bring an aspect into a conversation for a young filmmaker is an opportunity that the industry needs to hear like they need to know Mm -hmm. like it's not just about being a person of pop culture or recognize hey i got followers i heard somebody recently tell me somebody had two hundred thousand instagram followers and they said so they're an influencer i thought two hundred thousand people is is not an influence at all no like you're not no one's hitting that at all no so i feel like the your expertise of real numbers a real audience huge dollars um, understanding a crowd and to be able to give people a perspective of what it really takes, the real work it takes to get that audience feel mm-hmm. um, is something that is going to have to be infused in some of this goofiness. But that's also why I think there's going to be a crossover of somebody who it basically understands how Hollywood works or has worked in the past yeah. and what the OTT platforms are doing. And when the two merge together, mm-hmm. there's going to be a breakthrough. So so I appreciate Founders Brew. You should keep it up. Oh, great. I will. Keep it in my box. Just because just, <laughs> you asked me to, I'm going to keep it up. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, Happy New Year to you. And Lydia. Happy Merry, New Year. Merry Christmas to you, Lydia. I, this, I, for some reason, I didn't know that there was Christmas and different Christmas days around the world. But Yeah, Serbian Christmas. I only know that because my neighbors growing up were, were uh, Serbian and they celebrated like yeah, it's like two weeks after the, or some 10 days or something like that after the original Christmas. My parents will not take down their Christmas decorations till after Serbian Christmas. That's sort of like their cutoff. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Because they're good friends with the people who celebrate. So in solidarity, they keep their decorations up through Serbian Christmas. So. Well, it actually makes, I was at Disneyland yesterday and they mm-hmm. have all their Christmas decorations up still. So now it makes sense why they, and they still said Merry Christmas yesterday. And I was like, what? Like it were past New Year's. Why rush it? I, this is one of this is one of the times of the year. I'm not a big fan of this time of year because I hate the build up to Christmas, and then after it's over, everyone's like, "Okay, we're done." I'm like, no. Why don't we embrace the 12 days of Christmas or two weeks of Christmas or whatever it is? Just leave everything up and let's you know we still have our lights up. We had to take our tree down because it was a live tree; it was dying, so I have to get it out of the house. But we still have decorations up. We have our Christmas cards up. By the way, your Christmas card was lovely, Tim. Well done on that. Thank I'm you. sure you designed it. <laughs> I did. All oh, good work. Um, <laughs> but I like to keep it, you know, I let's keep it going for as long, the good feelings. Let's keep it going as long as we can. You need to come to Los Angeles. You can go to Disneyland and go to a movie theater. How do we get to LA? <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming, man. As soon as things calm down out there and they're not all running around crazy nutsy then i'll i'll come out we'll find a better excuse for you and i you know i got to see my friends and all my yeah. business associates i haven't seen in almost two years like it, it's I'm, I'm it's on the calendar it's on deck to be put on the calendar i should say we gotta get you and robin and cameron together on a coffee on a coffee show a coffee podcast week. oh yeah. that would be huge yeah this is gonna That'd be a good one we gotta pick the date lydia yeah we, will. we work on that all right well let's wrap it up good to see you my friend happy new year to you happy new year thanks Tim. for the conversation as always and I want to say thanks to Lydia, too. Merry Christmas to you, as we already said. Connor, thanks for hanging in there and making things happen for us. And Michelle, making all the magic take place. I know that you make us look beautiful every week. So <laughs> keep it up.
And Keith, I'll see you next week. We have guests coming soon, right? Yes, I'm still working on um, commit, uh, finalizing availabilities, but we've got some very exciting uh, guests in the next few weeks. So we'll keep you posted on that. That's great. And until then, we'll see you next week on Hollywood Breaks.